So I get a text from a buddy. He says, hey, I'm trying to offload Tyreek Hill. I think to myself, bet. I want Tyreek Hill. Let's make a deal. So I offered him Mike Evans and David Montgomery. How do you feel about that trade? Give me Tyreek Hill. You dread Tyreek Hill? Mm-hmm. Well, he ended up trading him for Joe Mixon. So Straight up. Uh, straight up. I'd probably rather Mike Evans and David Montgomery than Joe. That's Mason. what I said. I, I thought I thought I was realistically, I thought I gave him a pretty good deal. Yep. I'd still rather Tyreek all over all three of those players. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. I would too. Yeah, I would too. That's why I wanted to do that. But I, realistically, when you look at a team structure, you know, my, my RB1 is Austin Eckler, RB2 is Fournette, my RB3 was David Montgomery. Mm. And uh, I happen to have Mike, uh, Mike Evans. So I was thinking to myself, okay, I can offload Mike Evans and then replace him with Tyreek Hill. And, you know, uh, David Montgomery, he's kind of iffy on the bench, flex spot status on my roster. I could offload him and then pick up Tyreek Hill. I thought it was genius. Mm. Turns out, Maybe I'm the idiot, and he's a genius. I don't know yet. Maybe. It's all about tall re-kill now after the weekend. Tyquan Thornton, two touchdowns. Thanks for coming. Tyreek Hill is Who old news. Think? Who? Tyreek Hill, old news. All about tall reek. Who's tall reek? Is this a joke that I missed? No, Tyquan Thornton. Tall reek Hill, they call him. Because he's tall and fast. Oh, okay. That that went over my head. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I am the idiot. He's tall. Nice, nice. I'm proud of you on that <laughs> one. That's a good one right there. Yo, what is going on, Sleeper Nation? It is your boy Natter, and of course, Thirty Two Bit Nation. Shout out to you guys out there as well. I am Natter alongside the number one Australian analyst. Sheen, how you doing? Over there? Hey, Baba Booey. Yeah, I'm doing alright. There we go. I mean, we. We had a little of a week hiatus. Mm. Somebody got sick. I don't want to name names. Yeah, if you listen to our last could... show, you realize that I was very, very unwell. And somehow I was even more unwell. And uh, yeah, couldn't talk. So in this fantastic audio medium, ain't good. And who's going to replace me? You certainly tried. Did I? I mean, technically I kind of did. Yes, in theory. Mm. I didn't. I didn't voluntarily try to replace you. No, that's true. I just meant I just said, in in a in a micro sense, someone needed to replace me, and you couldn't find anyone. Yeah, and we didn't, we didn't try well, particularly hard, but yeah, we didn't try. To, we didn't try. I I put it out there so I could feel like okay, I tried, mm. but I didn't really try. It's fine if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Plus, we ha- we have a little bit of an obscure schedule, so having somebody to fit our schedule was. I felt like it was nearly impossible to begin with, but I, you know, it's kind of like one of those uh, Bart Simpson cake memes where it's like, at least you tried. Yeah, that's true. And in fact, our schedule is about to get even weirder, but we can talk about that off pod. Oh, God damn it. We already have a weird schedule, but all right. It's going to get weirder. Oh, God. Why did we do this? All right. So, of course, on this episode, <laughs> we are going to have our justifiable overreactions. This is my favorite part of the day. Wise words of wisdom. I think I have some for you guys. And then, of course, the legendary not top 10. We're kicking out players who don't belong on there and adding a little bit of real taste to that roster. So, of course, Sheehan, I'm going to give the floor to you. 
Yeah, so some justifiable overreactions from week seven. Let's start. The Chargers are the most disappointing team in the NFL. That division is the whole, this is the most disappointing team in the NFL. I mean, the Chargers, yes. The Broncos, even more so. The Raiders as well. Eh, Chiefs are doing all right. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. I, I don't think anybody expected too much out of them, but I don't think anybody expected uh, that whole division just to be kind of lost. Yeah, for sure. I put the Chargers as the most disappointing because they should be so much better. Like, Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson, and they're just not an interesting team to watch. I mean, say what you like about Russ. They're not interesting either, but I don't think there was the, the same weight of expectations as the Chargers. Like, the Chargers were talked about as a potential Super Bowl team, and it's not that they're not winning games, but they're just not... They're not what we all thought they would be. And when you think a team is going to be really fun and they're not, I think that's more disappointed, more disappointing than when you think it's going to... I think when you've got a team who you think might be fun and they aren't, that's more disappointing than a team who you think might be good and aren't. Have you seen the Broncos play in primetime? Yeah. Uh, here we go. little pop quiz for you. What's the highest Broncos score in a primetime game this year? 13, I think. 16. 16, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's like the legal age limit. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap. <laughs> I mean, literally. He stopped saying it, and just immediately as he re- he stopped saying Broncos country, let's ride, he started, uh, well, he was talking about his, he can feel his hamstring already healing because of his Wolverine, Wolverine blood. Like, this guy's going full... Uh, Charlie Sheen it's great I'm waiting for him to crack yeah just crack and then go off and then I have meme content for the next year yeah I'm hoping for like a Ned Flanders post hurricane style snap where he starts like calling people out on the field and uh, just absolutely loses his shit that would be fantastic yeah because right now he's built a little bit of a persona of being this little goody two shoes I just want him to crack you know yeah I think he needs to go back to just being a weird dude instead of, like, this creepy brand that he's become. Brands never work. I feel, I, I feel like Richard Sherman's the only person who ever succeeded in a brand, but he didn't really have to build a brand. He just was himself. And well, well, that's the thing, it isn't worked. it? You know, yeah. I've got some advice for you, Russ. Let go branding. Uh, next justifiable overreaction for you. Okay. Rookie wide receivers are a fantasy football cheat code. Like which one? In general. Drafting uh, rookie wide receivers. I'm trying to think of this year. Okay, if you drafted Traylon Burks, that didn't work out for you. Uh, you had a couple of good weeks with Drake London, but that kind of fizzled out a little bit. Uh, Olave, you know, he's, he's been all right, minus a concussion. Garrett Wilson's uh, had moments. Yeah, now he's kind of irrelevant. Um, uh, Alec Pierce had a good game on the weekend. Tariq Hill, mm-hmm. Taekwon Thornton. Sky Moore hasn't really done much. Uh, I mean, I think I think like last year it was a little bit more prevalent, uh, and the year before with, of course, it was Chase, and then the year before that Higgins with Justin Jefferson, um, Ayuk, uh, stuff like that. Yes. But the, the good thing about them is they usually don't yield high draft capital, capital, especially in redraft leagues. Well, I think that's why 
people are saying they're a cheat code. I totally disagree. I don't think they're a cheat code because nine times out of ten, like you say, they'll have a couple of good weeks and then they sort of go missing a bit. And they're not a cheat code because you are paying a higher price potentially than you should have to. Like Drake London was quite expensive this year. Garrett Wilson was quite expensive this year. You're getting the production from them that you're expecting from a player at that draft capital. Someone like Alec Pierce, who I think was undrafted, or, or Tyquan Thornton. Yes, but like it's taken six weeks for them to have good games, and you can't rely on that production. So I don't think they're a cheat code. I think it's just a stupid thing that people say, which is why it's an overreaction, but not justifiable. No, it's not justifiable at all. I mean, that's kind of like a Twitter head talking sphere where they just kind of want to cherry pick a statistic to justify how correct they were when realistically they weren't. Yeah, I think they're all sitting there uh, jerking each other off over Gabe Davis this week. Well, I mean, he's going to be wide receiver one this week, right? Yeah, Babe Davis. That's him. True, true. And uh, justifiable overreaction number three. This is the worst NFL season in recent history. Let's hear why. Well, no, you gotta you gotta react. It's not me. Just oh, it's, yes, I make the like, statement uh, and you say I'm right or wrong. That's how the, this I'm trying to think. Like, works. like what in what context? There's no horrifying team. What what I like about this year is, I mean, minus the Eagles right now and the Bills, there's no elite 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 NFL team that you're like, oh my god, these guys are amazing. And there's nobody that bad, right? Or is it just me? There's nobody that bad, but there's a lot of bad teams. Yeah. Or there's a lot of uninteresting teams. There's a lot of uninteresting games. A lot of definitely the Broncos. I feel like, okay, they need to start reviewing any Broncos games and just taking them off primetime. It is detrimental to the sport of football to have the Broncos on primetime right now. Well, they're coming over to play in London in two weeks' time. Thank God it's not in the U.S. Holy. So uh, that's a team that London deserves. Way way to grow the game over here. Um, Is it better than the Jaguars? No, well, they're playing the Jags. Oh wow, that's that they got demoted that hard, huh? It's like getting regulated, uh, yeah, regulated in the Premier League, relegated in the Premier League. Like that's what happened to the Broncos. They got (laughs) regulated. Regulated relegated to the second division. Second division. <laughs> um, no, I think this is. I'm not going to say just because scoring's down, it's a bad season. But there's been a lot of bad football this year. Like even, like you you watch it and the spectacular plays I don't feel are there. The really kick-ass moments aren't there as regularly. Like uh, something like. Um, Fantasy football scoring is down 22% on the last couple of years through six weeks. Um, I don't know if that's a function of more players get it, more players getting more of the ball rather than the same old players getting more ball. I don't know. Um, but we've seen, I think, more games that have ended sort of between 10 and 21 points for both teams. <laughs> This could be a couple of factors. One, for for fantasy points scoring, I think the main issue with that is the decline of workhorse running backs, more committees, and the fact that running backs just kind of suck right now. Like, like right now, Austin Eckler is probably I think RB one or close to RB one. 
He's not that good. He's not playing that good. He's on track to catch the most ever passes by a running back. Yeah, that's the reason why. He's basically a wide receiver playing running back. He's he's not playing good at all. When I watch him run, it looks kind of sad. Yeah. Remember uh, when I said he'd be RB1 this year? Yes, I do remember that, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, I, I'm proud of you for that one. I'm proud <laughs> of you for that one. Um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's playing like dog water yep. when, I mean, when he's healthy. Uh, let's see, Joe Mixon, he's averaging like two and a half yards per carry. Phenomenal. Good job. Even, Derrick Henry, I haven't even seen a highlight out of Derrick Henry this year. I don't even know what he's doing. A guy that we'll talk about later, Ramondre Stevenson. Like, he got 90-odd yards and a touchdown on the weekend. He ran terribly. He was just running into the teeth of the defense. Yeah, and he have, I think he had, what, like two 30-yard runs that made up 60% of his uh, rushing yards? Yeah. And, you know, to circle back to that Patriots-Browns Patriots Patriots game as well, there was so much space in that Browns secondary. Let's say they yeah, weren't playing defense. Uh, the, it, it's weird. And then Leonard Fournette, he averages like half a yard per carry somehow, RB of two or three. Uh, Alvin Kamara, inconsistent. Josh Jacobs looks great all of a sudden. It, it, it's weird. I don't have Running any stats weird. for this, and I probably could have thought about it and worked it up. I feel like we're seeing fewer first downs than we used to. Like more teams Ten going plays. three and out, uh, or let's say you know, six and out, let's call it, where, you know, you convert and then you go teams in, like, third and long situations. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, I we're seeing a lot of bad better. football this year. I think I think it's a lot on the defense. One, I think, yeah, I, I think it is the defenses that are getting better. I think right now the defenses, they kind of caught up to offensive schemes, offensive schemes, especially playing cover two. Yep. Uh, and being better tacklers so these run after catches that we keep talking about they're not happening as predominantly like right now debo samuel has or debo samuel had i believe it was seven broken tackles Mm. against the falcons the next best person is cooper cup with seven broken tackles on the year yeah so the, the i mean Defenses, if that is the best you have, Cooper Cup breaking tackles second best, then clearly defenses are playing pretty good. Right now, pass rushing is at an all-time high. Right now, you keep, I, I hear a sack, and all of a sudden, like, oh, the team has, like, 13 sacks on the year, which is, like, third best. And I feel like every single team is having that right now. Yep. Secondaries are playing better. Uh, I think right now the defense has the edge on the offense, and it's starting to show because we're seeing rookies plug and play, and all of a sudden they're making big plays. I think um, this is a similar issue to all these sort of breakaway NFL, well, breakaway American football competitions like the AAF, the XFL, the USFL, all of those ones. You can't find 32 people to play quarterback at an elite level and you can't find 150 people to play at an elite level on the offensive line. So when you've got terrible players on the offensive line, terrible quarterbacks, it doesn't make for a particularly good product. And I think we're seeing some fairly ordinary line play this year. We're seeing some very ordinary quarterback play from players who are some of the the greatest we've ever seen, like we've talked about. Russell Wilson, shit. Tom Brady has not been Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been disappointing. Uh, Matt Ryan. Like, these are guys who can play the position. And then you've still got your, your big kind of swath of shit players like Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett, who you're not turning on the TV to watch... Wentz is probably unfair because although he's bad, he's fun. But it's still bad quarterback play. And bad quarterback play leads to bad football, unfortunately. 
And I don't really see any rookies other than Mr. Zippy over there. <laughs> Mr. Playing Zippy good football. Good. He, he's playing pretty good. I like him. I like him right now. Like Cooper Rush right now is the pinnacle of young quarterback play. And he's just average. Th- there's no up-and-coming quarterback that we didn't know about already. You know? I mean, Trey Lance was the guy we wanted to see. Justin Fields was the guy we wanted to see. I already seen enough of Justin Fields. And I kind of already saw enough of Trey Lance. So there's no up-and-coming quarterback for me to get hyped up. There's no middle-ground quarterback that I'm hyped up for. And all of a sudden, the elite-level quarterbacks kind of took a step backwards, maybe even a three-step backwards, if you add, as you were discussing earlier. Maybe maybe defenses are getting better. Maybe Aaron Rodgers just needs fucking Devontae Adams one more time. Yep. Uh, Maybe Tom Brady needs an offensive line. Don't get me wrong. We're Russell seeing, Wilson just needs to stop cooking. We're seeing quarterback play at an incredibly high level at the very top. You know, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like Jalen Hurts. These are guys playing the position fantastically well. But we're also seeing a lot of a lot of shit, unfortunately. And uh, right now I'm asking myself, is it the scheme or the team? I think it's a bit of both. I think in the race to find the next Sean McVay, we've ended up with a lot of guys who don't have it or a lot of coordinators you know that rams tree has been picked over and picked over and picked over the guys who are getting the jobs now are like the the bottom of the tree operators just because they have the word mcveigh on the resume they're getting jobs yeah you think you think if i just put mcveigh in my resume i can get a job maybe maybe get a, maybe a, a shanahan well, you, I mean, you live in California. You could easily go and shake his hand, get a photo with him, tell him that you'd like uh-huh. to, as you would say, pipe his wife. Or you and Jared. <laughs> you and Jared Goff would say, pipe his wife. And then you could get a no, job. No, I've seen his wife. I'd rather not. I've seen his <laughs> wife. But yeah, it's, um, it's a weird season. It's a weird season so far. So are you disappointed by the season? It's less enjoyable. I'm not having as much fun as I would normally have. Is it because of the big plays? Are there not enough big plays for you? It's not even a big play thing. It's like a consistent football thing. Like you want to see, you want to see teams move the ball. You want to see good defensive play. You don't want to see defensive play on the basis of teams who can't move the ball. You don't want to see, you don't want to see defense being a function of bad offense. You want to see, like a well-schemed defensive game against a team who are trying and just can't get it done versus a team that's playing shit and the defense are picking him off or sacking him because the offense is shit. And I think that's the main thing right now is we're seeing a lot of defensive, elite defensive play. Like I mentioned just a bit earlier, maybe it's they're getting better, but maybe the offense is just getting worse. I think it's a function of both. That's sad. Because, I mean, obviously, we're big fantasy football enthusiasts and, of course, we're analysts. And in order to play fantasy football, there is uh, usually offensive play and good offensive play is kind of the pinnacle of it. I know there's IDP and starting defenses and whatnot, but you don't play fantasy football to start a defense. You don't play fantasy football IDP. You don't even play IDP anyway. So who the hell cares about that to mm-hmm. begin with? And uh, I know a lot of people are starting to advocate getting rid of defenses to add another flex. I, I kind of disagree with that a little bit. I feel like you should at least have a defense. Defense won championships. But still, 
um, to, to, to go back to your justifiable overreaction, no, it's not a justifiable. Actually, no, it is a justifiable overreaction because it's not necessarily an overreaction. It's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly it. And I don't think fantasy football has to be every every running back scores 25 points, every ride receiver scores 20 points, and we all feel good Why about not? all feel good about the plays we drafted. I don't mind if it's a lower scoring season on the whole. But we're seeing a lot of games, particularly primetime games, and this is maybe why it's sticking out more because the Island games have been, you know, largely pretty ordinary. Yeah, basically. Uh, largely pretty ordinary all season. That you're watching it going, I don't think either team deserves to win. Yep. Kind of, you, know, you know, they're kind of like handing each other the game. They're like, here, mm. you win. And the other guy goes, no, 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 I insist, you win. No, no, yep. no, I insist, you win. No, 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 please, 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 I win. Yep. And then, you know, eventually win. So, so to go back to your to point you just made, um, no, I do mind if my team scores those fantasy points. And I especially mind if my opponent that I'm playing against that week scores more fantasy points than me. Because then we have an issue and I lose and he wins. And that's not okay. Well, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that's an issue. See, that is an issue. So I'm okay with less fantasy points being scored as long as it's essentially every single week my opponent scores less than me. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Predictably Never. bad is fine. Yeah. Have you got yes. have you got any uh, wise words of wisdom for the good people? Yes. Um claiming you're a hard worker does not mean making it harder for everybody else. <laughs> is this a specific example you want to go into no 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 not really i just kind of thought of that one day and it, it, it was a joke between a couple co-workers like oh when you said you were a hard worker you didn't mean making it hard for everybody else and then it just it, it was one of those rage moments where you know sometimes when you're raging and kind of ranting you kind of say stupid stuff but mm. Eventually, you become you create a coherent sentence. Yep. In between all of the jumbleness, that was that coherent sentence, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you want to work harder, just pop a Cialis. Viagra. That usually gets the job done. <laughs> That's it. Well, you don't need Viagra when you uh, experience yeah, do. the. F- you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I was going to say, you don't need Viagra if you listen to all the fantastic shows you get from uh, 32-bit. Not only is there 32 teams, not only is the great debate coming back after a short hiatus, not only are there our fantastic fantasy football Twitter spaces on Monday and Thursday evenings. I've got to say, if you listen to this show and you're not listening to those, get involved because they are a lot of fun. You get a chance to ask questions directly to some of the best and brightest in the fantasy space and of course you've also got fantastic shows screen pass wherever you get your podcasts uh this week we talked about the simpsons so um come and come and just just give it a little listen the simps the simpsons do they do the gritty uh the simpsons probably do do the gritty because they're always trying to uh to stay relevant although one of the episodes we watched was about homer choreographing touchdown celebrations so yeah you know what they did the gritty Nice, nice, nice. I like that. All right, so what do we got now? Oh, wait, hold on. No, it has my name as introducing the segment. There we go. Okay, interesting. So, of course, in this week's main event, we got the not top 10. Of course, we got the running backs, the wiser receivers, ranked above everybody. And, of course, we're going to nitpick, articulate, 
estimate, guesstimate, and of course, accurately rank the top 10. Um, I believe we talked about saving our list and seeing if we were right the next week. I don't know if Sheehan kept the list. I know I didn't. Okay, he's shaking his head profusely. I mean, I probably means could. He didn't. I could go back and look, but I didn't. Yes, yeah, I, I understand that. But we were probably right anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, maybe the order of the 1 through 10 could be different, but the 1 through 10 was right. I think we had Derrick Henry as the number one running back, and he had like three touches, so probably not. Uh, but those three touches were three touchdowns, though. Yeah. He, he pulled the Kelsey. I really don't think they were. But um... Okay, okay uh, other stupid side story. You know... I had I, I played and had Kelsey in different leagues when he scored his phenomenal four touchdown game. Mm. In one league I lost by point five because of that. And mm. another league I lost because I needed another point five more. Oh no. Yeah, stupid Travis Kelsey. He gave me hope and he crushed it in two different leagues. That's hurtful. Yeah, I don't like him anymore. I tweeted at him. No, I didn't tweet at him. I debated tweeting at him, but, you know, what, what does that do? Just, just let the guy live. Let the guy live his life. He, he could have gotten... He would have lived... I would have lived a lot happier if he got another goddamn catch. He doesn't need bozos like you uh, tweeting at him. You bozo. Yeah, does, does, he, 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 what he does need is to catch one more pass. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I needed anything from Albert O on Monday to win, and I got nothing because he didn't play. Who the hell is Albert O? See, that's where uh, you lost. Albert Akui Burnham from um, at Denver. Yeah, he's been shit all yes. year, but he was he was all that I had. Speaking of people that didn't play, yes, goddamn Melvin Gordon, huh? How you doing over there on the bottom of the barrel, you trash bag? <laughs> I'm gonna take another victory lap. Because I went out and I said that Latavius Murray was the running back to own in Denver. Not Mike Boone, not Melvin Gordon. And who the running back to own in Denver is? Latavius None Murray. of them. Latavius Murray. Lactavius intolerant. That's what he is. Yeah, no, it's good. That's a, that's a real good one. Lactavius. <laughs> Actually, that I didn't mind that in the end. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Lactavius intolerant. Yeah, he he didn't do anything, and all of a sudden now that Hackett, God, we'll talk about Hackett in another episode where we we could rant on him, but he still says Melvin Gordon's the starter. Um, do you press X for doubt on that one? Uh, no, he's obviously not the starter. If he was the starter, why, why, why didn't he play? That was his revenge game too. It was against the Chargers. Could have done anything, and they took him out. Yeah. Did he? Did he really throw a hissy fit? Was his gritty not up to par? Potentially. Potentially. I've been looking for the uh, the not the top ten that we did in week two, and although I have the original, I can't find what we actually said. But given the top ten included Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tony Pollard, and James Robinson, I'd like to say that we we're probably wrong. There's no way we had Tony Pollard in our top ten. There's no, no way. No. But he was RB3 on the week. Nobody had Tony Pollard in the top 10. No, absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get into it for this week. Tell us who's All right. Tell us who's in the top 10 and then we can tell you who's not in the top 10. 
All right, so in the now top 10 for the running backs, we got Saquon Barkley going against Jacksonville. That's a, that's kind of a lock for RB1. Austin Eckler against Seattle. Okay, maybe that's a lock for our number one. Christian McCaffrey against Tampa Bay. Derrick Henry against Indianapolis. Nick Chubb against Baltimore. Ramondre. Stevenson against Chicago. Leonard Fournette at Carolina. Alvin Kamara at Arizona. Josh Jacobs against Houston. Joe Mixon against the Falcons. So anybody on this list just absolutely stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, Leonard Fournette, because he's looked shit. He has, but you know his receptions have been really nice. They have. I don't. Oh, this is half point PPR, by the way. Yes, half point PPR. Yes, half point PPR. He's got twenty six receptions. He has three receiving touchdowns. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad someone in Tampa Bay does. I think that top five locked and loaded. Barkley, Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry, Chubb. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's a lock. I mean, we can argue about the order all day long till we turn blue. Uh, they're a lock in the top five. Where? I mean, there's talk about Christian McCaffrey being traded. Where do you want to see him traded to? Realistically, as in a solid fantasy aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills would ruin his value. Yeah. The Rams could, I think, th- the best option for him in a fantasy perspective is to stay yep. in Carolina. Agreed. But if he was if he was to get traded and I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Rams. I don't think the Rams... I think he loses some of that passing volume. Yes. So... Yeah, I'm... It's de- definitely not the Bills. It's definitely not the no. Chiefs. No, definitely not. No. Um, I don't know if they Nine. can. I don't think they have the capital to get him. I don't think they can afford him. The Raiders might be a good spot for him. Josh Jacobs has looked really good. I'd rather not ruin that. Uh, what about San Francisco? I thought about it, but they don't dump off to running backs enough for McCaffrey to get that receiving yards yeah. that you really desperately need and expect that of McCaffrey like he doesn't get in Carolina yep uh, I think it would be a notch under the Rams yep yeah that's fine that's fair I can live with all of that anyway um I think he stays yes I, I agree and probably moves into the year but I think for now he stays so of this bottom five if you like Stevenson Fournette Kamara Jacobs Mixon who's a lock do you think for the top 10 I think Fournette is a lock in the top 10. Kamara? Because, no, because he's getting vultured a lot mm-hmm. by Taysom Hill. Yeah, he is. It's, he, he's not a lock in the top 10. Joe Mixon is not a lock in the top 10. Josh Jacobs is touchdown dependent to be a lock in the top 10. Ramondre Stevington, he's a little bit more of a question mark. He's probably him and Leonard Fournette. That some of might might be the two top locks, depending on if uh, Damian Harris plays or not. If he does not play, yes, I lock Ramondre Stevenson in the top ten. I don't think Harris is going to play. If so, then I'm gonna we're gonna assume Harris does not play, but we're locking. I'm locking Ramondre Stevenson and Leonard Fournette in the top ten. I think Stevenson is liable to finish in the top ten, but I also think he's liable to have like. 
80 yards and, uh, and no touchdowns. 80 yards, see, eight fantasy points, no receptions. Maybe one or two. Two? Okay, so it's a 10-point game. I can handle that for my uh, probably my ninth-round draft pick. I can handle that. Yeah, but it's not sixth overall in the week. Hmm. Yes, but I feel like if that's your floor, 80 yards into if 10 fantasy points is your floor, that's pretty good. I yeah. can live with that. I mean, you're not not starting him. Yes, exactly. So from outside that, who do you see coming into the top 10 then? Uh, right now, Jonathan Taylor is kind of sticking out like a sore thumb, depending if he plays or not. Uh, he's historically done pretty well against Tennessee. I think they'll give Dion Jackson some work. Whether Taylor's fit or not, I think they'll spell him a bit, bring him back slowly. I do see DeAndre Swift. If he plays, it is against Dallas. That might be a little bit of a rough game for him to come back to. Uh, Swift was the one that jumped out to me as potential top 10. Brees Hall has been really good, but Denver's defense is solid. Yeah, Brees is one of those people that I will place over the matchup. Yeah. He has looked very good. He does. Like... I'm almost inclined to put him in the top 10 because you know he's going to catch five balls. He's liable to break off a 40-yard run. Um, Ken Walker looked really... I was a big fan of Ken Walker in college, but I thought he ran really well on uh, on Sunday. There was a play where he basically ran into a brick wall, stopped on a dime, cut to the outside, and then got another 20 yards, which was really impressive. Um... So, you know, he looked fantastic. Versus the Chargers, too. Versus the Chargers. Chargers they do have de- pretty solid D-line. They do have a solid defense, which means it might be a little bit more of a difficult matchup. I, I would rank Aaron Jones a little bit higher. Yep. Against a underperforming Washington defense. Yep. So I would like to find a way to put Aaron Jones in the top 10. I might take out Joe Mixon and put him in there. I'm not confident with Aaron Jones just because of uh, A.J. Dillon being there. A.J. Dillon's not playing that well. Yeah, but he's a touchdown vulture. He is a touchdown vulture. Well, I mean, I guess we could say the whole Packers defense is, or offense is not playing well at all. Yep. Uh, Joe Mixon does will get a majority of the volume, but hmm. That secondary is a liability at Atlanta. The front seven is a little bit better than given credit for, I should say. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. How about Damian Pierce has had 100 yards and a touchdown in these last three games? Versus the Raiders. Against the Raiders, which is a which is a exploitable matchup. But I do think the Raiders had a unique game plan to stopping somebody like Travis Kelsey, where I think one of the plays, they actually had Cleveland Farrell out lined up out wide in order to jam Travis Kelsey. Hmm. I think they're going to try to take out Damian Pierce, who is arguably their best offensive weapon, and then try to make Mills beat them another way. I don't think he repeats that 100-yard touchdown type of game. I think that's a, a reasonable assumption. You know, McDaniels from that Belichick tree, take away the offense's best weapon and then make him beat you some other way. I think 
Pierce just gets they're just going to need him is what it boils down to is I think he could catch a catch a bunch of bunch of passes get a bunch of yards what about um either of the Jags running backs versus the Giants I hate Travis Etienne a lot but I think he's going to start inching away and taking away or or inching away and securing a main running back role on this offense. Yep. Which I don't think is the correct decision because the games they have done well in and the games they've won, James Robinson had effective and good games. Yep. I think James Robinson needs to get at least 15 touches a game and they're not doing that. They'd rather uh, throw the ball to Travis Etienne, and if that's the case, then he's just going to have to be the guy. And Trevor Lawrence is punching him in. He is, which which ruins everybody's fantasy value. It sucks. Yeah. So, all of that said, who are we taking out here? I would like to take out Joe Mixon the most. He he, him and Kamara. Are the yep. two ones that I'm more iffy about? I think Kamara the most, though. Well, yeah, Kamara the most. I'm happy to take out Kamara and uh, and Mixon. Then who okay. do we who do we have coming in? If Jonathan Taylor plays, I'd like to add him in. I would also like to add Aaron Jones in, but that's a, he, he's a little bit more of the boom bust. Aaron Jones, I think against Washington, I think he has more of those boom games. I mean, I'd say the same about Swift. If Swift plays, I'd add him in. But against Dallas is difficult for me to justify that one. It is. I uh, I could see that being a shootout game, though. Dallas defense has a good. They have a good defense. They do. They have a really good they defense. D- yeah, D- D- Dallas is one of those. I would recommend you start their defense against Detroit. What about Raheem Mostert versus Pittsburgh? He is a sneaky good running back. He is one of those guys that if you picked him up on the waivers, if you drafted him late, he's going to pay a lot of dividends as long as he stays healthy, healthy, of course. I mean, he has gotten, I think, a minimum 15 touches in the last two or three games. And he's made the most of them. It's not spectacular. But he's been efficient and effective in your fantasy lineup where where he gets at least his projection, which realistically is that's all you could ask, and that's not bad at all. Yeah. No, that's um that's who I've you know, I've got uh on as my R B three, R B four in a couple of leagues, drafted him late AC's he's been fantastic. I think Brees Hall ends up in the top ten. And I don't doubt that. I'm not. I'm not convinced enough to put Aaron Jones in. I will put in Zeke versus Detroit. Oh, you're putting Zeke in, huh? Yep. Oh, that's spicy. Actually, it's not that spicy. It's Detroit. I expect him to take the lead. Take the lead early. Yep. Him and Pollard are going to split work, but I think Zeke gets the touchdowns. Okay, that's fair. And you, you're you going for? Yeah, I'm going to put in Jonathan Taylor yep. and Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. Cool. 
I have made a note of that, so we can okay. look. Okay. We can look. Uh, and outside the top, say the top twenty, who's likely to have? Who's the most likely to have a a top ten week? I mean, we've talked about most. Of, we've talked about ETN. We've talked about James Robinson. What about someone like? Hmm. Don't know. I don't have an example. Kenyon Drake again. Kenyon Drake. He averaged 11 yards per carry. I don't think he does something like that again. He had 10 touches over 100 yards. Yep. Uh, Eno Benjamin is an interesting one. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, when this episode comes out, this Thursday night game will probably be over. So I might look really smart or really dumb right now. Um, Tyler Algier yep. against Cincinnati. He is an interesting one as well. Uh, he's been getting about 15 touches per game. He had a semi-decent game against the Niners. Nothing spectacular. But if it was 15 touches for about, I think it was like 78 yards. I don't remember off the top of my head. Which, I mean, tech typically is a respectable game. But uh, in, in fantasy, half-point PPR and all that good stuff, that's not enough anymore. You need some receptions. Those Falcon runners are all jags. Yeah, and he only has two receptions on the year. That's not good enough. But yeah. uh, I would like to see him be involved in the passing game. If he does that, then he, he's going to start elevating from a flex to a, an RB2. Yep. Yeah, agreed. What do you think about Antonio Gibson? What happened to him? He fell off and the I, face I, of the earth. Yeah, you know why? Because he's shit. Exactly. And who called it from the beginning? <laughs> you did. Thank you. Thank you. I just needed to hear the uh, reinforcement. I actually don't think he's shit. I think he's all right. But I just, I just don't think he was giving them what they wanted at the position. I think they were looking to replace him ever since they realized how bad he was in pass protection. Yes, that is an issue for a guy who was a passing down back. Yes, you you want to be a passing down back, you better be able to protect a quarterback. And, and Kyle Allen, that's the quarterback's name. He is so responsible for ruining his career. Yeah. Um, anybody else in the running back position? Let's see, Chase Edmonds. No, he would be the backup to most it. Exactly. Michael Carter. He's the official, unofficial handcuff to Brees Hall. I mean, at this point, you're just looking at who's going to get injured and get a surprising workload. Exactly. Kyle Hughes, check. I feel like he's better than half the running backs right now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Jamal Williams. A, if if Swift does not play, Jamal Williams gets a huge uptake, and I would consider putting him in the near top ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that is fair. Should we have a look at some wide receivers? Let's take a look at the wide receivers. So right now, number one, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, CD's Nuts Lamb, Michael Pittman Jr., Jalen Waddle Waddle, DK Metcalf, and then the sun god Amon Ross St. Brown. So yeah, initially... You also have uh, Mike Evans in there at number six. Oh, sorry. I forgot him. Uh, he must have casted a Harry Potter spell. Uh, he had the invisibility cloak, if you will. So Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel. Are we arguing? Devontae Adams, Ceiling. Are, are we even... Mike, are we arguing those six? Uh, well, I think there's a discussion for Devontae Adams not to be in the top five. Oh, okay. And okay. I, th- I think there's Easton? a discussion that C.D. Lamb is not in the top five either. 
Like, okay, against Detroit. Okay, interesting. I mean, Detroit's defense given up a lot of points, but Jeff Okuda's been playing good. Who? Jeff Okuda, their um, the third round pick of two years ago, who hasn't done anything. Yeah, the number three overall draft pick. He's been playing yeah. really well this year. Interesting, interesting. Well, hopefully, he's able to get it together. I'm gonna <sighs> say that I'm gonna ring some fucking changes here. Okay, I'm listening. I like change. Adams out of the top five. Okay. But I'll leave him in the top 10 for the sake of the exercise. Okay. C.D. Lamb out of the top five. C.D. Nuts. Okay, interesting. Mike Evans out of the top 10. Interesting, interesting. Jalen Waddle out of the top 10. Michael Pittman out of the top 10. This is a huge change. You're doing a lot right now. Yep. I agree with Michael Pittman. He's trash. I'd drop him. Well, Alec Pierce has looked really good as well. Um, yeah. I'm going to say Alan Lazard versus Washington is a top 10 player. Okay. I'm going to say Mike Williams versus Seattle is a potential top 10 player. I will never put Mike Williams anywhere near my list, but go ahead. Keep going. Uh, yeah, well, I, I know. I think there's potential for Jacoby Myers versus Chicago to be a top 10 player. Interesting. I was kind of just staring at his name right now, but I didn't have the balls to say it, but keep going. Terry McScorin versus Green True. Bay with Taylor Heineke has the potential. Uh-uh. I will never support that Starbucks drink of a name. And... I d- hmm. What about DJ Moore with PJ Walker? The initial brothers. I'd rather check into a mental hospital. That's fair. Robert Woods versus Indy? Uh uh-uh. uh. He doesn't give me morning wood anymore. <laughs> um but Chase Claypool versus um whoever they're playing. Miami. That might be a a, a sneaky De- matchup. Deontay Johnson's probably the one there versus Miami. But. Yeah, see uh this one's gonna be really interesting on what they do because I mean what Miami really likes doing is putting their best receiver on the number two. Sorry, sorry. Best cornerback on the number two receiver, and then they'll bracket or double team the number one receiver. Yep. So who who they identify as the number one and the number two will kind of dictate how these wide receivers play. I, I can't tell you which one's going to be the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two. It's what they deem. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they deemed it to be Chase Claypool and Tyler Boyd out of all people. Uh, and then they, you know, they put their best corner, Xavier Howard, on uh, Higgins. Uh, Higgins. So, uh, wh- what they decide is the best, I couldn't tell you. But one of them is going to get shut down, and then one of them is going to have the one-on-one matchup to have the opportunity. Um, I would think Deontay Johnson gets Xavier Howard, and they double team Chase Claypool. It's what I would do. Yeah, I so think that means so that means put Pickens in. <laughs> so who who do you have? Who do you have coming out of this top ten now that I've uh, swung the axe? If Keenan Allen plays, I'd put him in the top ten. I would put him over Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Sorry. Yep. Um, I think I think Woodley. Uh, I forgot his cornerback name on Seattle. Off the top of my head, uh, he's been playing some very good football. Four two speed. 
Um, you know, with Keenan Allen being a slower receiver, I don't think that's the proper way to attack that matchup. I would mm-hmm. put him on Mike Williams. That's a good and point. And try to figure try to figure something else for. Yep. Uh, what's his face? Keenan Allen. So I would probably rather have Keenan Allen higher on the list than Mike Williams. Uh, T. Higgins. I would like to put him higher on the list against Atlanta. Tyler Lockett has been playing good football. I don't think Gino. I don't know. Putting both Metcalf and Lockett in the top 10 is a big call. I wouldn't put Metcalf in the top 10. I would. Ooh. I'd rather put Lockett. See, now. Hmm. Now, Asante Samuel Jr. is probably going to be on Tyler Lockett. JC Jackson. Oh, or JC Jackson? No, JC Jackson got benched against the. The Broncos, correct? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so I see J.C. Jackson going on Tyler Lockett, and then I would think they would try to bracket with Asante Samuel on D.K. Metcalf. Jackson doesn't have the speed for Metcalf, but he does have the physicality and the size. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I would... Huh... I don't feel comfortable keeping DK in the top 10. He's still in must-start category. Yeah. I would like to put Amari Cooper in the top 10. So, can we, who who can we agree on taking out? Mike Evans? No, I like Mike Evans. Michael Pittman. Oh, no, it's against Carolina. They're going to get... Uh, that. What's that second year? Uh, JC Horn. JC Horn. He might. He's probably going to go on Mike Evans. That might be a more difficult matchup. Okay, I can, I can get with taking Mike Evans out of the top 10. But I know for sure I would like to remove Michael Pittman off the top 10. Yep. He, he is like, get the hell out of here. Top 10. Jalen Waddle? Yeah, Waddle, Waddle. No, 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 I like Waddle. I like Waddle. I don't, I don't think it's going to be both of them. Waddle, Waddle. Uh, against Pittsburgh? Right now I want to take Michael Pittman off. Yep, I've taken Pittman off, taken Evans off. Okay, all right, interesting. Uh, I would I want also Amari Cooper in. Though. You want Amari Cooper in? What I about CD Lamb? You want him in? I want him in. Yes. So, there's two spots you bring in Amari Cooper and Amari Cooper. I do like Alan Lazard. Now that you mentioned it. Yep. And T. Higgins. I do like T. Higgins as well. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Alan Lazard in. Yep. Amari Cooper in. Yep. Because I'm taking out DK Metcalf and I'm taking out Michael Pittman. I'm also going to take out Amon Ross A. Brown. Yep. So you've got I'm four people him to replace. Out. Yes. And I would like to put... Um, shoot, I had his name off the top of my tongue. What happened? T. Higgins. I like to also put T. Higgins in. Yep. So I've got Lazard, Cooper, and Higgins in for you, and Evans, Pittman, St. Brown out, and Metcalf. Uh, or are you uh, keeping Evans in? I'm keeping Evans in. I'm taking Pittman, DK, and Sun got out. Okay. Just making notes. Oh, I, I can tell. I can tell. You're keeping the receipts, as yeah. the, the Jets would say. I am. the cool kids on the streets. Yeah, how saucy was Sauce Gardner just going on the field with the Packers? Yeah, that was sick. I, that was I sick. rated that. I rated that very highly. 
So we've had, you know, uh, he should have done the yeah, gritty. That works out. And for me, I'm taking out Jalen Waddle. Taking out Mike Evans, and I'm taking out Michael Pittman. I'm putting in Alan Lazard. I'm putting in Mike Williams. Okay, okay. Milliams, as I just wrote there. Nice job, I see it. And I'm putting in Christian Kirk against the Giants. Which might be wish casting, because I need some fucking points from him. But... You know, I'm going to will it into being. I'm proud of you. Um, I do like Cooper, but uh, Amari Cooper at home is a different kettle of fish to Amari Cooper away, and they are away to Baltimore. I trust Amari Cooper, which is weird, really weird to say. Yep. Yeah, that is weird to say. Uh, Chris Olave at Arizona. Because it's a Thursday night game, I'm going to say no. Yep. Agreed. A grade. A, a person I would like to put in the must-start category would be Devin Duvernay. He got like one point last week. Well, and He had five targets. One should have been a touchdown. Fair. I, I would start him. What about Darius Slayton versus Jacksonville? I would like to see the injury situation going on for the Giants before I, I, I recommend it. But if everybody's hurt again and it's him and Wandale, yeah, I'd do it. Yep. Yeah, I can live with that. I can live with that. You got a comeback player of the week? I would like up. to go with Michael Gallup as my comeback player of the week. Especially if Dak Prescott plays against the Lions. This would be a good game for Dak Prescott to come back in. Uh, I feel like the Lions are completely beatable for a team of Dallas's caliber currently as they are playing. Uh, Michael Gallup, who has been a nice target for Dak Prescott, I think has a phenomenal get-right game right here. And uh, he is going to come clutch for anybody that owned either Stefan Diggs or Gabriel Davis. Fair. I can, uh, I can get behind that. For me, it's Curtis Samuel has two catches of five targets versus Green Bay was his lowest uh, versus Chicago, sorry, up against Green Bay this week. Last week was his lowest receptions, yards, and target of the season. Get <clears throat> get Taylor Heineke back in the team, slinging it round, and uh, look for Debo, Debo, Curtis Samuel to get involved uh, downfield. If Heineken plays semi-decent, is he going to be the new starter? Uh, for a couple of weeks, best result would be that Basically, he plays shit and they bring Sam Howell in and get a look at him. What's the chance of Zappy takes the starting job? Zero. Zero? Zero. No. It's Why? Mac Jones. Uh, Mac's a better player. Like, Zappy played well, but I think Mac Jones could have played that exact game. Mac's issue early in the season, he was getting too aggressive, pushing the ball downfield too much uh, when he shouldn't, when he should just be taking the. The simple ones underneath. That's not to say he shouldn't push the ball downfield at times, but he was doing it at the wrong times. So, Zappi played well, but the Browns' defense was very, very poor. Um, and it's Max. It's Max' team. The frustrating thing is going to be if Matt comes back, 
and doesn't play well in a loss. All the fucking massholes getting on there go, hey, we gotta, we got to get Bailey Zappi back in the team. I mean, you just said the name, Bailey Zappi. That's one of the coolest names I've ever heard. I think he's got like a 10-year backup career. Um, I think we can wave goodbye to Hoya the Destroyer. Uh, but no, it's um, it's Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? What do you mean, who? Uh, it went over your head. Oh, my God. It's okay. Oh. It's okay. Mike Jones, who? Come on. So close. 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 No cigar. All righty. You want to kick off the two-minute drill? Hold on. I'm starting my time. I'm starting the, uh, the, the, the clock. The clock. The stopwatch. And I want to hit it. And three, two, one. Boom. I'm completely skipping the Browns-Ravens because I just don't think that's going to be a good game. I'm skipping the buccaneers and panthers falcons and god okay hold on these games look like trash right now holy i don't even know what i want to talk about packers and command no i'm not talking about the i'm definitely not talking about the jets and broncos fucking the texans and the raiders okay let's let's have a battle of the one three and one again the one and four wow that's the seahawks and the Chargers. okay we're getting better the chiefs and the nine i don't want to talk about that i think they're gonna get i think the Niners are gonna get pummeled um, oh, Steelers and the Dolphins. That seems like a good game. Um, psych. The Bears and the Patriots. Snooze fest. Holy. Uh, you know what? I'm forfeiting the rest of my time. There's there's like nothing here that I want to talk about. Um, you know what? Here, I'll try to make do. So Jared Goff is the only QB with two games of four touchdowns. Four touchdown passes in 2022. Uh, passed for 284 yards and two touchdowns in his last start against Dallas in 2019. With the Rams, of course, I have to point that out just in case. Uh, Since 2004, ranks fourth in the NFL with 27 300-yard passing games. Interesting, huh? That is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. That's all I got for you. When you said earlier in the episode that this has been a disappointing year for football, yeah, you get games like these and that's what you get. (laughs) Fair enough. Right. Uh, let me get my mouse to work here. Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Monday Night Football because Bill Belichick is going to get his. I think it's 265th career win, or in fact, three, 325th career win versus the. I am versus the Bears, That's overtaking George Hallis to be outright second of his own against Papa Bear himself. So you know, I'm very excited for that. You're right, there aren't a lot of great matchups this week, but I am interested to see how the uh, Falcons-Bengals play out. They're two teams that I would say one is overperforming, one is underperforming. But I, I think this is genuinely in any given Sunday game. We had Kyle Pitts finally scoring his first touchdown on American soil last week. The Falcons can move the ball. They're doing a great job with Marcus Mariota under center. And the Bengals... There's something going on there that's not quite right. Seemed that Jamar Chase had a get-right game last week. Could see this being a big game for him. Uh, however, uh, you, you can just never tell with what the Bengals are serving up this year. So, interested to watch it. I think it's a nice little uh, 1 o'clock, 6 o'clock game here. I think it's, what, 10 o'clock for you. So, yep. absolutely fantastic. It's going to be good to watch the Cowboys at uh, a decent hour as well. Getting to watch uh, them and see how they cope with... Detroit, and as you say, Goff throwing all those um, 
two games with four touchdowns. I wonder if that'll come up against the Cowboys. We've only conceded more than one touchdown once this year. So give me some of that. The Giants at the Jags. Somehow the Jags are favorites at home. They're two and four. The Giants are five and one. I don't know if that's a fake five and one from the Giants, but I'm interested to see it play out. I do think the Jags win this one. I think it's going to be close. And I think this could be Trevor Lawrence's coming out party. Against the Giants? The Giants, I've been told, are the worst five and one team, but they've beaten some pretty good teams. I don't. The only one of those that I guess you would say it's a, it's a Fugazi win might have been the uh, the first week. Uh, I don't know if five and one is a fair reflection, but they've won those games. I mean, like yeah, they, they beat the Packers, they beat the Ravens. I feel like that's all you really need to say to say, hey, we did it. It was a good win on the weekend, a real good win, uh, and and smart. Smart football from Saquon. Right. Prognostications. What do you got? Shoot. I'm still I'm still upset about the fact that I was almost so close, so right about Chris Collinsworth making the dirty joke or a dirty yep. phrase. I, I... All righty. Bailey Zappi wins the starting role this week. I don't think it's going to be this week because I don't think Max back from injury. Exactly. That's how good he's going to play. It's not even a prognostication. I don't think so. I don't think so. He could play fantastically. I still don't think he's going to get the job. Um, two receivers go over 200 yards this week. Say so two two receivers go over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. Do you happen to want to give me a hot take on who does that? Jamar Chase, one of them. Okay. Okay. Alan Lazard, the other. Ooh, 200 yards from Lazard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's going to okay. start early, and Rodgers is just going to pepper him. It'll be like... It'll, it'll be like 10 or 11... Oh, in fact, let's say... Let's say 13 or 14 catches on, like, 20 targets. Okay. Okay. Inter- 20 targets. There's a lot of targets. Yeah. There's a lot of targets. For... For... What's Come probably going to happen is some guy named fucking Paris Campbell and Nick Westbrook Akeen are going to get them. <laughs> well, they don't play for the same team, but yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's fine. Wait, it's hold fine. on. Did you say two people on the same team? No, I said... Uh, oh, okay. Oh, you, you meant generally Paris Campbell yeah. and Nick Westbrook Akeen. No, no, all right. Well, fair enough. But no, I think it's going to be two players go for two hundred and two more than 200 and more than two. Okay, that's fair. Actually, that's not fair. That is definitely a prognostication. Yeah. Right. Alrighty. That's going to have to wrap up this episode. Of course, I hopefully you guys were entertained and were able to pick up some type of information. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, which I'm not really all that active on, at Top Tier Tactics underscore. With Sheehan, how can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sheehan Solo. You can listen to me on uh, my other show, Screen Pass about football and popular culture you can find that wherever you get your podcasts platform and of course other than that hey good luck everybody i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready for us today